Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about nighttime fears or naptime fears, bedroom-based fears, <laughs> and to do that. Surrounding sleep, bedroom-based fears, surrounding sleep. Yes. And to do that, as you just heard, we have Katie Leinecke. Hi, Katie. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you back, as Thank always. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, awesome. So we are going to be talking about, yeah, sleep-based fears mm-hmm. of that, that time before bed or before nap um, that kids are having trouble potentially shutting down their brains mm-hmm. um, or... Or their bodies. Or their bodies, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they're wiggly yeah. And, yeah. and it is hard to to get to sleep. Yes. And then their imaginations run wild. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so we've got some things to cope with that. And first, I, I want to focus more on monsters, because I think developmentally, that one happens sooner than more realistic-based mm-hmm. fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, kids will run across a monster in a story. Yeah. And there are a lot of great books out there Yeah, uh, that help talk about monsters in a really positive way. Right. Or the movie Monsters, Inc. Also. Also a classic. <laughs> also a classic. Yes. Uh, but... Yeah, so I think that that one is is happens earlier. Yes, not many children. children lay awake worrying about their tax returns. Yeah, hopefully. That's more of a grown-up <laughs> fear around bedtime. That would make me so sad. Yeah, um, little Timmy's concerned he didn't save enough this year in his, <laughs> his tax fund to cover his... Yeah, actually, isn't TurboTax running that as their ad No, campaign? that sounds so... F- I don't know, actually. I think they are. It's like a ghost in the attic, and it's like, ooh, I'm your That's tax return. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's good. It I is. Think that's a real fear for real fear for adults, but yes, but not for children. Oh, no, mostly monsters. <laughs> mostly monsters. Mostly and, monsters. Yeah. So uh, I kind of put out a call on some of the nanny mm-hmm. Facebook groups, and Jordan Deanne West. I hope I said your name right. 
Jordan. If I didn't, I'm sincerely sorry. Um, she talked about how they would lock all the monsters in the closet mm. and then put books in there for them to, to read, l- to read, <laughs> to learn how to be nicer. That's smart. And really? kinder. <laughs> and then they could let the monsters out once they learned how to be kind. That's funny. And I just love that idea. Yeah. Cause books help everyone. They to do. Be kind. That's true. And she said that they, they went to the library with that mission yeah. Mind. Yeah. And uh, and I would think that a li- a children's librarian would love to help yes. you find books. And letting the child be an active participant in solving their own fear is actually really helpful because then they have they have feelings of power and strength and that actually can do a lot for their um, unseen fears. Yeah. Of monsters or whatever actually is bothering them. Right. Yeah. And another one that came up repeatedly which i have actually tried before is monster spray Mm -hmm. so monster spray is water mixed with like lavender lavender (laughs) i did peppermint because there was some in the cabinet nice and i like the smell of peppermint and peppermint actually is supposed to help keep rug bugs carpet beetles interesting away and (laughs) that's your monster and that's my monster (laughs) um and some other things, although yeah. it doesn't keep rodents away. Yeah. So don't let anyone lie to you and tell you that it does. I think peppermint also kind of um, makes you feel more alert in some ways. So I so wonder maybe not great. if for bedtime, if that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's true though. I just know that um, people who do um, the oils, the essential mm-hmm. oils, peppermint's supposed to, but it also is supposed to cure headaches. Oh, So well. there you go. So who knows? Yeah, hard to say. You can experiment with the... Write in and tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Chronicles of Nania. Um, (laughs) But the lavender, definitely, if you put some lavender oil in there, that is connected with relaxation and sleep and all those good things. So, And then you let the child spray it around the room. Um, or on under their bed, wherever they specifically think the monster sure. is lurking. And then <laughs> one nanny on one of the groups said that they do one spray on the back of the kid's clothing mm. so that if they like get up to go to the bathroom or something, smart. that the monster spray goes with That's them. That's smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a nanny also brought up, and this is a really good point that I actually hadn't thought of, is that by doing the monster spray, you're telling the child that monsters are real. Yeah. And so Yeah. And so that's curious. Yeah. Um, and do you want to play into their It's hard cuz you want to acknowledge the children's feelings about things that scare them. Mm-hmm. Um and we also live in a world that kind of belittles or or sometimes doesn't listen to children's feelings. Right. And feelings are just how you feel. So mm-hmm. if you feel like there's a monster, maybe that is what you need to do because most people can't address their fear until they feel like their fear is heard. Yes. But I think that's a really good point because you don't want them to continually um, have anxiety around bedtime with it. Right. But yeah. also, yeah, but yeah it, it's, it's curious. Yeah. And so Jennifer Hilton, who's been on the podcast before she did mm-hmm. the taxes episode and uh, the guaranteed hours episode, she replied back to that and said that, what she did with her little ones is they still use the monster spray, but they talked about how monsters are part of our imagination mm-hmm. and that they are 
our imagination maybe playing out. Oh, uh, and so, yeah. and she said, like when you play in a story, yeah, like yeah. when you play in a story. And so she said, although they may feel real, yeah, monsters aren't real, yeah. Um, but we can use this monster spray as an extra layer of protection to keep them out of your imagination for yeah, the night. To keep them out of your imagination, and as also when you smell that smell, it's a reminder that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a great solution. Right. Yeah. So I Best really both appreciated worlds. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in a similar vein to the monster spray, a lot of people said dream catchers. Yeah. I actually had a dream catcher as a child. Nice. Um, and I was convinced it was what was stopping my nightmares. Uh-huh. Um, I'm My parents, my father is part Native American. Right. So that also felt very real to me. Right. Um. Spoiler alert, dream catchers are string and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But they and also bees. say, yeah, if you um, if you are having bad dreams and you go to sleep with the idea you're not going to remember your dreams, you generally won't remember your dreams. Hmm. If you go to sleep the night before and say, I'm going to remember my dreams, you often will remember your dreams. And it's, um, I remember that from a psychology class, we had to keep a dream journal and mm-hmm. it's a very bizarre phenomenon. Yeah. Where you're more likely to be cognizant of them when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, because while you're dreaming, you're actually just, you're paralyzed. Your body's not moving as long as you don't have a sleep disorder, right. which is sometimes REM sleep disorder is in men, usually in their uh, middle-aged lives. And that's very dangerous. Yes. Um, but most most people, their body is paralyzed during REM sleep when you're having these kinds of dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you wake up in the middle you're not going to remember the dream. Right. So, but if you go to sleep thinking that you're going to wake up remembering your dreams, you will wake up in the middle. Interesting. But if you go to sleep thinking, I'm not going to remember any dreams, you often won't. So that could be something to point out to the children too. Yes. Yeah. I think that but that's, that's part of the dream catcher magic. Yeah. 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 And then also in that same idea, um, the idea that dreams are a way to work out your problems. Yes, and that's, po- yeah. Yeah, and potentially uh, explaining that. Yes. Um, I So I tell children that all the time. Um, I also tell my roommate that because um, <laughs> she is someone who says that she has chronic nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times what I have told her, actually she's been doing a lot of dream research recently, I was like, you're sub- that's your subconscious working through whatever it is yep. um, that you need to work through. And she's recently gotten into dream symbols and what they mean. And it's totally changed her relationship with her dreams. Even if they're scary dreams, she finds herself more interested in exploring them with her brain. And she's less afraid of what they actually mean. And she doesn't um, hide from the scarier parts of it. Right. And you can talk to the child about that too and be like, what do you think that means? What do you think is scaring you in real life or that you're working on in real life that, that you would have a tornado in your dream? Yes. And we don't really live where tornadoes are and you've never seen one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And that can help them actually stop having the nightmare too. If it's brought to their attention. Mm -hmm. Though I would say, um, and this comes at the recommendation of my stepdad, mm-hmm. who's a Jungian psychologist. So they are Jungian analyst, mm-hmm. and they focus a lot on dreams. Sure. Um, although he said, I don't work with children, so yeah. <laughs> I know that. But he said to um, asking questions like that yeah. is really good and working it out through play yeah. with them. And if you have... 
like re reenacting the dream and changing the ending. Yes. That's cool. Yes. What a great idea. Um, and for more information about that, about the importance of play, listen to uh, the importance of play episode <laughs> uh, with Danny Joe. Uh, but anyway, he was saying not to, as an adult, don't take the adult way of interpreting dreams sure. and tell a kid no. what their dream means. No. So I just wanted to throw you that out there. always ask the child. Yes, yes, as a disclaimer. Well, and as you are analyzing dreams, this is something my roommate mentioned through her exploration of her mm -hmm. dreams, what dream symbols are chosen by your brain because of what they represent to you. Exactly. So somebody who loves tornadoes is going to view a tornado very differently than someone who is terrified of them. Right. Um, likewise, somebody who hates water is going to have a dream where water is very, it's it's symbolizing something they're scared of. Right. Um, Whereas maybe, I love water. Yes. So you can't actually slap a sticker mm -hmm. onto that. You can have possible suggestions of dream symbols, but it all comes down to what it means for you, the individual. Right. And so asking the child and mentioning that like, ice cream for me is different from you. I don't, I actually don't like ice cream that much. Mm -hmm. So for me, it would be like, well, is it something that I'm indifferent to? Like, what is it representing? Um, something that I do as a social yeah, mask. Yeah. So, um, allowing, especially older children, younger children, you can still do this with. Mm -hmm. Um, but older children have a better idea of what might be actually bothering them. Yes. And I think for younger children, a way to get at the same thing, but in a more age appropriate mm -hmm. way is having them play it out. Yes, uh, absolutely. I love that. Having them maybe like telling you what to do with puppets yeah. could potentially be, or drawing a picture yeah. of their dream would help. And then you can talk about, Oh, I see this guy looks really big yeah. To me, what, is, what do you think that means? Yeah. Things and then like maybe that. drawing a picture of the solution of their dream. Yeah. Would be, I mean, that's the same idea as having um, a play exploration of mm -hmm. their dream and changing it. But it's for a child who's more artistically or visually um, not fixated, but drawn. Right. That would be a great. <laughs> drawn to drawing. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> um, that'd be a great option. Yeah. Um, also, I think asking about like, what do you want to say to your fear? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to say to your worry? That's also very helpful because children oftentimes just need someone to hear and reflect their feelings back to them. Mm -hmm. So you could say, man, it, it seems like you might be really worried about something. What do you think that is? And, or is there anything that I can do to help you? What can you do to help you? What can right. you do to help you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Dreams are jerks, though, because they'll be like, <laughs> your mind will be like, wouldn't it be terrible if this happened right now? And your brain's like, great idea. It's happening right now. <laughs> Let's go. Here they are. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting, too. And you can talk about dreams you can control, lucid mm -hmm. dreaming, which is when you're like partially awake and you can, or partially conscious, I should say, mm -hmm. and you can redirect the dream, mm -hmm. um, which is actually a skill I believe you can learn. Yes. Lucid dreaming. I mean... So they say. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen scientific. Yeah. I've, I've seen, heard. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's true either. So yeah. don't believe me. Yeah. Look it up yourself yes. if that's something you're interested yes. in. I think I saw it somewhere where scientific. it's like it can be a skill that you can learn as you, if you practice these yeah. certain 
aspects because really you're just not in a full REM sleep. You're, um, I think it's stage five non-REM. Okay. I think. It took yeah. psychology a long time ago, friends. It's, you're doing great. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, and to that same idea, uh, I actually was just talking with a mom of a, a child that I used to nanny. Mm-hmm. And telling her that we were going to record this. And she said that she as a child had a lot of really vivid dreams. Yeah. And sometimes she couldn't tell if she was awake or asleep. Yeah, and that's her, common. Right. Yeah. And her son is now or was a while ago experiencing the same thing. Yes. And so she made him a paper airplane with his name written on it that hangs above his bed, which I've seen hundreds of times yes. as his nanny, but never knew the reason it was there. Yeah. And she told him that if he wakes up or thinks he's awake, but he's not quite sure if he's awake or not, if he can read his name on the paper airplane, then he's awake. And if he can't, then he's probably still asleep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, I wonder why that it, it's, um, like inception. They yeah, have a little totem. token. Oh, totem. That's what it's called. Um, that's, int- I can never read in my dreams mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm illiterate and I'm like, I don't know what I, this says. I'm pretty sure that's quite common. I wonder if that's why she said that. Yeah. Because a lot of times the way to tell if you're lucid dreaming from the brief research that I have done is to try to find a clock mm-hmm. in the dream world. And if you can read the time on the clock, then you're not asleep, then you're not dreaming. But if you can't, if the clock is just blank or it doesn't make sense, the numbers are all mixed yeah. up, then you're dreaming. That's interesting. I've also heard dream-wise from, this is from a mm-hmm. psychologist, your dreams when you are replaying, this is for people who have PTSD. So mm-hmm. um, children who have lived through a traumatic event or adults, mm-hmm. Um, when your brain replays whatever traumatic thing that happened to you, although you are um, feeling those feelings again, you're feeling those feelings without the physiological response mm. of fear or pain or whatever it was that you were feeling in your body at the time. Right. And in many ways, after many times, you begin to recall that memory with less pain, less physical pain as a survivor of something traumatic. Wow. So you no longer feel it. Um, a lot of people describe it as like, oh, I'm, I feel like my, my chest tightens again. But after many um, scenarios where you have dreamt through the scenario again and again, it's actually your body trying to reclaim that memory mm. as just a memory and take it out of your body. So you're not having a fight or flight response anymore right. when you recall that traumatic event. And so something that if you have a child who's dealing with something that's, that actually really awful happened to them mm-hmm. um, and they're dreaming about it, you can say, guess what? That's your brain. I know it's not pleasant, but your ba- your brain's trying to put a Band-Aid on that and help you heal it. And it, it doesn't, it's not fun if you wake up and you remember it, but your brain's helping you feel better about it in a year from now or right. whatever it is. That's your right. brain. And making it so your brain is your ally and not your enemy actually helps many children with their nightmares. Yeah. 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 And uh, to that, the difference between a nightmare yes. and a night terror is also important because a nightmare is is common, That's common a, yeah. and 
most, I think almost all children will experience nightmares at some point. All humans. Yes. Yes. All humans. Yes. Um, But night terrors are different and those you should potentially encourage the parents to seek professional help. Of course. Um, So night terrors are much more visceral and you wake up screaming. Yes. Um, Yes. And uh, there's significant intrusions that truly disturb your life. Yes. Um, So my stepdad uh, said that they are storms of the psyche. Hmm. And so it's uh, it's something that like trying to work through PTSD. Yeah. um, That you probably need more help. Yeah. Than you're getting at that moment. Do they give any um, recommendations? Like, obviously, you should seek a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, do they give any recommendations about how to help with night terrors? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think professional help at that point yes. is the best call all yeah, around. That's smart um, because often night terrors are an indication that. It's something that is not able to be dealt with, mm-hmm. with just um, everyday yeah. answers. I think, too, it's like the child does not calm down from a night right. terror the way most children will wake up and cry at the nightmare but yeah. and come and get you. But a night terror, like sometimes they're still dreaming and screaming right. in their sleep, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you, you probably, <laughs> if you've ever experienced one, you probably can remember quite clearly because you thought something awful had happened. Yes. Um, I think sometimes you do find that person still asleep. Yes. And you have to wake them up from their night terror, which is generally not a fun thing to do. No. Yeah. I've stayed in a hotel room with someone that had really? night terrors. It was, it was very intense. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. Back to monsters. Back to monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, too, on the monster spray, because this is all interrelated, because nightmares... Yeah. Um, make you afraid of monsters because your imagination is so creative. Um, mon- thinking about monsters before bed can cause nightmares, um, to my knowledge at least. I think yeah. some like what you are thinking about, what you spend your time thinking about, your brain's like, well, let's work on that. That yes. sounds great. <laughs> um, That's obviously bothering you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm on it. Um, I have worked with a family before where they did monster check mm-hmm. or um, they just, it evolved later to just checking that child's room. The child just wanted you to look in all the crevices mm-hmm. under the bed, behind the curtains, behind the door um, and in the closet to make sure everything was safe. And so we would just be like all clear. Everything's fine in your room. Um, do you do it? Does the child go with you? No, the child's in bed for it. Okay. Um, Great. In that family in particular. Uh However, um, I have had a child before when the child, um, really wants to be out of bed. Cause we all know children mm-hmm. will pop in and out of their beds as you're getting ready for bed. And you're like, please just lay down. <laughs> please. You're not calming your body down. Right. Um, sometimes it'll be like, we'll do a relaxation exercise yes. before bed, which is actually really great for the child too, because it helps calm their mind mm-hmm. and just kind of shut their brain off, which is what you really need to go to sleep most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's very helpful too. And yes, to that end, the anxiety, helping kids deal with anxiety yes. episode with yes. Kate, um, that is a very good episode to listen to. 
if this is something that you're dealing with yeah. because we offer a lot of solutions like that of yeah. doing kind of a meditation almost yeah. before bed um, and starting, you know, with your toes. And, and I, I end up talking children through it. And I have children that I, gosh, I've been with one of them since he was four and he's 10 now. And when wow. I babysit for him at night, he still asks me to do. He's Aww. like, will you do the relaxation thing for me? That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. I, um, I've known someone before who has said goodnight to all their body parts going up from their toes. Uh-huh. And also... I actually babysat for Martha's Littles, um, who lived super close to me, so that was cool. Um, but they had just joined rooms yes, in a um, very bold and brave move by their parents. And they were all wound up because they had gone um, to a special show that day. And mm -hmm. I came over and we played. It was awesome. It was bedtime. And they were so riled up at bedtime. I, they were like laying down at points mm -hmm. and then one would make the other one laugh and then they'd be giggling and I'd be like, we need to be quiet. Mm -hmm. um, you can whisper. Uh, you can talk very quietly. And they <laughs> would not settle down. And so finally I was like, gosh, it seems like you guys are having a really hard time falling asleep. That happens to me sometimes and it's so frustrating. Can I help you? Can I play you a song? And they were like, sure. And there was a song I had heard about just the other day. I believe it's called Weightless oh, by okay. Union something. I'm going to look it up for you right now. Um, and it's an eight-minute song, and it is designed specifically to help people fall asleep, not fall asleep, to help them relieve anxiety. Oh, wow. Um, and it is awesome. One kid was asleep in the first four minutes. Nice. And I was like, this is great. Um, it's, it's weightless by Marconi union and it's from the ambient zone. Nice. Just music cafe volume four 2012, but it's designed to lower your blood pressure. Oh, wow. Um, so I highly recommend it. If you are having children who need to settle down, even trying to solidify a bedtime routine. And this is something you can talk about with the parents. Mm -hmm. If it's a common fear, um, being like this song plays three times in a row mm -hmm. and then it stops playing or right. whatever it is or a nightlight helps or whatever yes. they're working on. A lot of times, so kids experience these fears only when someone who's not their parents are there. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's different. they're not used to you being there. Right. So they're afraid that you won't protect them like um, their parents do, or you won't do all the things around bedtime like their parents do and it makes them feel nervous mm -hmm. yeah for sure and it can um fan the flames yes 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 and even if they're just little sparks yes it can turn it into oh, a yeah. roaring fire <laughs> um, which speaking of let's transition into real fears yes. so based in reality yes um so I have had kids that are often afraid of burglars. Yes. That's a big one. Um, and fire. Yes. <laughs> and tornadoes, potentially. Hurricanes, less common in Chicago. <laughs> That's an easy one to be you like. You never know. The Hard likelihood of that. Won't make it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably not going to happen. <laughs> but nothing's impossible. Yes, that's true. Um, and so, so talking through those. Yeah. 
So for burglars, something that uh, Andrea, who has been on the yeah. podcast before, the discipline episode and the moving for a nanny family episode, she suggested uh, that she lets the kids kind of shut down the house with her. Yeah. So she lets them help her set the alarm, which be careful with that one. Yeah. I got a story about that. Then. If police come, yeah. that, that's not going to help bedtime. It ramps them out. Yeah. Um, and locks, lets them lock all the doors yeah. and things like that so that they are part of that. They're taking ownership over um, all of that. And then she also, during the day, goes over emergency plans with them. That's Yes, I was going to say fires in particular or mm-hmm. um, tornadoes. It helps the child know what to do, even picking a meeting spot. Right. Like if that happens, you go out this door or here's your second exit and we meet at Miss Ellen's house across the street, you know? Like, yes. Look so, both ways. Yes, yes. Before Please crossing do. the street. Yeah. Um, but yes, so, and she says that she goes over them so many times that the kids almost become bored <laughs> of the... Of do they do practice drills too? I believe so. Yeah. We had to do that as a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom was like... <laughs> We're doing it's a good it. idea. Yeah. yeah. We do fire drills at school for that whole exactly. purpose. Yeah. And so, uh, but then now the kids don't say that they're scared of those things yeah. anymore because like, then please don't make me the next day they will have to talk about it a lot. Yeah. Fire drills. Um another thing that a babysitter actually did for me once that was super helpful is one time we came home. Uh, she was doing an overnight set. Oh, yeah. And we came home after like seeing a movie or something. And I was older, but yeah. not. I, I was in elementary school at some point, um, probably earlier in elementary school. And so we came home and she realized she had left the door unlocked. Oh, that's the worst. While we were gone. And so and she said it out loud and then I would not drop it. And yeah. so she invited her boyfriend to come over yeah. and check the house. Yeah. So I think we went and got like ice cream or something. Yeah. And he checked the house. And then together, all three of us uh, like home alone the house. That's so funny. So that if he didn't find a burglar <laughs> <laughs> that I would be able to hear it. So we put like. Um, bubble wrap down in the hall nice. and like a trip wire That's that so didn't funny. trip anything but would trip the person yeah what a great idea mm-hmm. to and help so, the child feel powerful and then we I think we put like jelly on the doorknob so Ugh. he couldn't turn it yeah which I was like maybe that or one's not a great idea but he turns it and he's just like oh and you hear the noise yeah <laughs> I love it yeah and so something like that to kind of make it fun yes um, because then after we had done all that, I was very You're tired. You're not afraid anymore. <laughs> yes. And you take away the power of the fear that way. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. I will say too, cause you mentioned the alarms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's oh, a very yeah. positive babysitter move. We had a babysitter set the alarms once because my sister said there's, I saw somebody walking up the driveway. However, our driveway was like we lived in the woods. Mm-hmm. So for someone to be walking up our driveway at night, no bueno, friends. No. We had three acres and 300 trees. Oof. So it was like, and we were like half a mile from the bottom of our driveway to the top, half a mile in the air. Mm-hmm. So it's not like no one's not, strolling up yeah. to our house to chit chat with us at night right. when they're not invited. And um, 
So my that kind of scared my babysitter. Uh-huh. She checked that all the doors were locked. My sister was like, don't worry. I know the alarm. Oh, no. I know how to set the alarm. So my babysitter set my babysitter. My babysitter <laughs> set the alarm. We all got back to the couch. We were watching a movie and the alarm goes off. Oh, no. And then the police call. They're like, we don't. Th- I mean, we think everything's fine. Like, this is what happened. And she sets it again. We go back and the alarm goes off again. And so at this point, she like puts us under the the desk in our kitchen and she's on the phone. She's like crouching down between our kitchen counters and this like um, planner desk. And she's on the phone with the police. They came out twice to the house. Um, And then finally she called her father because she did not feel safe. Right. And her father was like a firefighter, like big guy, like lovely man. Yeah. (laughs) This is the last time this nice young girl ever babysat for us. Turns out... My sister did know the alarm code, but she didn't know we had a motion detector Mm -hmm. and we had cats. So we thought we were all still. We didn't understand why the motion detector would go off. But the cats were just cruising along between the couch and the just right setting off the motion detector. But you have a like a minute window to get to where you need to go. Yeah. And then it goes off. But they didn't. She didn't know the special number to follow the code to turn off the motion (laughs) detector. So my parents were like, now we need to change the (laughs) code to the alarm. So we're, I would say I never want to set the alarm personally, but maybe. Andrea is also a live-in nanny. So yes. Oh, that's different. different. Yeah. Um, But yes, that's wow. Yeah. I, no need to, it ramped us all up. My parents were like, oh my God, we have to pay this girl $400. (laughs) I'm sure for having to be here when our kids accidentally terrorized her. My so my mom at her school, their alarm kept going off. Oh man! It was her hamster in the classroom. <gasps> no, would get out at night. That's so funny. And then sometimes be back in its cage in the morning. Yeah, because it's obviously trying to take over the world. <laughs> yes, just like Pinky. And Can't the let the people know <laughs> your yep. plan. Exactly. So but funny. They were like. Oh, we got to get a different cage. Yeah. (laughs) Or a less smart hamster. Yes. It was a very smart hamster. That's funny. I know, right? Um, But anyway, so sometimes it's... It is not helpful to set the alarm. Yeah. But I will also say that for real world problems, Mm -hmm. if there is a pet in the house talking about, especially a dog, yeah, talking about how the dog is calm... And that you can usually take your lead off the dog. Yeah. Um, that does backfire if the dog is not calm yeah. for a, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's a squirrel or something. Right. But, um, but if the dog is typically calm yeah. and is remaining calm, you can say, you know what? Lenny. I just named the dog Lenny. That's a good one. That's a good name. <laughs> he's a, he's a Bermadoodle. In yep. case you're wondering. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> Lenny would let us know. If something were different in the yeah. house, because he's got a really good sense for and, it. And I'm here and I'm here and to I'm keep here. you safe. Yeah. And to make sure nobody comes in here who's not invited in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, again, I'm a fan of like facts. Yes. Um, most burglaries happen during the day, mm-hmm. um, which won't be helpful for nap time. So don't <laughs> share that. But when people are not home, because a right. burglar doesn't want to fight you, they just want to take your stuff. And that's they what. Don't wanna- <laughs> 
And that's what I tell kids yes. as well, is that they're not really interested in us. Yeah. They're interested in the stuff. Yeah. And if we're here, it's not worth it for yes, them. Yes, they don't want to. They don't want to. And we're so loud, they're going to know we're here. <laughs> and you particularly are being yeah. quite rowdy. So we'll be fine. <laughs> now go to sleep. Now go to sleep. I will keep up the or noise have train. Enough. <laughs> don't worry. I will bang the pots around in the kitchen. It'll be great. It'll be fine. Yes. I'll march around. Yes. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. Um, and then another thing that I read actually is to do dark activities, fun activities in the dark. So they're not afraid of the dark. So they're not afraid of the dark. So like laser tag, which BT dubs, they are coming (sighs) out with laser tag Harry Potter ones. They're going to be $25. So I'm not sure if they're going to work well, but for this purpose, it would work perfectly because you just play laser tag in the, in the dark. dark yeah and it would be really fun even dance parties in the basement dance parties the child i regularly nanny for she loves for some reason unbeknownst to me <laughs> she loves to go to the basement and turn off almost all the lights which mm-hmm. is cool during the daytime because you can still see with the light in the window but if it's like 4 p.m. in a winter Monday, <laughs> you're like, it is pitch black in here. We need to put one light on so nobody gets hurt. Right. So which light would you like that to be? <laughs> um, but we do like dance parties or we'll take glow sticks down there, right. um, which you can get for a dollar at the dollar store. Yes. Um, but that like finding ways to have fun in the dark mm-hmm. flashlight With tags, a great one flashlight tag or, um, like hide and go seek. And if they hide in a dark place, maybe with you at yeah. first, um, I hesitate. I've played hide and go seek in the dark and it's actually scary for me not, as well. Not everyone, not all of it in the dark, but if they're yeah. hiding in a dark place, Oh, I see. So like if they're in a closet yeah. with you yes. or with a sibling, um, where but they're hanging that's out totally cool in a dark yes. place for a while i don't recommend hide and go seek in the no in a dark house because it is even for me i was like this is actually scaring me a little bit because mm-hmm. you surprise me when i turn and i'm not expecting to see you and it makes me startled so i don't want to play that yes and she was like okay can we have one turn the other way and i was like <laughs> sure and so we did it the other way too and she's like yeah that scared me too let's not do that that's and not- i was like cool let's turn on all the lights again <laughs> yep yeah um or yeah like you mentioned night lights or yes. the um turtles or ladybugs with yes. stars on their back yes that will make your whole ceiling or those little glow things that are like hippos or a t-rex you like yeah. push the light i never really know how they work they sit on a little disc <laughs> during the day that somehow magically charges it mm-hmm. and then you take it off the disc and you push the button on the bottom mm-hmm. i think three times is usually what i'm told and then it magically stays on mm-hmm. and you can switch the color. It's a, I don't know how it works really. But the child does. Yes. Most it's of the time. Magical. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I recommend this almost always, but going to the library and researching, researching uh, like natural disasters, if that's something that they're scared of. Sure. And like the actual likelihood that a hurricane is yeah. going to make it here and things like that. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Um, or the the monster at the end of this book. I love that book. That was a mm-hmm. favorite with Grover. Mm-hmm. I love that book. That one's a good one. There's lots of monster books. And I actually 
several nannies recommended them and I can put a list together yeah. and put it on chronicles of nannia.com. What's the one where the monster's not a very good monster where he like can't scare anyone? Oh, um, uh, it's like Nick, the terrible monster or something yeah, like that. Which actually, uh, in the libraries episode, she brought that book. I love that Danny book. did. So I was gonna say, I, I believe you mentioned it, it on the, on the podcast at one point. Uh-huh. And I was like, I love that book. Cause I read it for yeah. the first time. Maybe. Is it Sam? Sam the Terrible Monster? I don't, I don't know. Remember, I think it's called somebody's name, somebody's the Terrible name. Monster, right? And then there's also um, an expanded universe monsters Inc. book mm-hmm. that I have found to be very helpful. Yeah, uh, because it talks through their transition from thinking that scaring children is how they can power their city to laughter and so then they're trying to figure out and one of the stories they're trying to figure out how to make kids laugh yeah um and and being successful and not successful and things like that yeah um and because kids now associate monsters with scaring them that often they end up being scared instead of laughing and so they're trying to transition yeah and so that i found was helpful yeah, I think that's really helpful. And then they also like go on vacation to visit the abominable snowman. It helps them view them as not people, but it helps humanize, yes. quote unquote. You can't see my air quotes, <laughs> but I am doing them for Martha's benefit. She sure so is. I want you to know as well. And I'm benefiting. Um, it helps <laughs> humanize um, the monsters. Exactly. Do you think this is something I just that popped into my head when you mm-hmm. were saying um, about your Monsters Inc. book? Do you think having a stuffed animal of a monster or making like a sock puppet monster of your own that's your monster friend that will help keep you safe i think that's a great idea do you think that that would help i do and then they're like well i have this friend and if some monster comes then they and can thinks, be like they're a, like oh a liaison, a liaison. A monster liaison. <laughs> i love it and then tell yeah. the kid that they're a monster liaison and then hear them say liaison in their little cute voice then you'll feel so excellent you will and my then- co-teacher is she has the a great vocabulary and she one day a few weeks ago she kept saying I thank you for monitoring the situation for any child who was concerned about a turn or taking a turn or when would they get a turn uh-huh and she was like I see you're monitoring the situation thank you I'm also monitoring the situation and I will take care of it and I was like they're gonna go home and their mom's gonna ask them a question and they're gonna be like mom I'm monitoring that situation I will let you know I will let you know so funny i will have my people get in touch with your people about our monster liaison <laughs> rendezvous yeah see exactly. we're just this is a vocabulary building experience so much vocabulary but it's a great it is a great opportunity to do something together to yes. help move you towards solving your fear yeah. and that is what most adults have to do to be successful <laughs> is to move you towards solving your own fear yeah and how can i make this uncomfortable feeling more bearable mm-hmm. um, and test my own bravery how much can I endure what helps me Mm -hmm. Um, and you're actually just giving them that the tools to that process if you help them find solutions to their fear yes and sometimes just asking um, I have a child that I take care of right now who is experiencing a lot of fear when entering unknown situations Mm -hmm. like ice skating lessons or swim lessons even though I would argue that swim lessons are a known situation (laughs) because we do them weekly and but they're very uh, 
form formulaic. Yes, yes. And like, but it's little things like, what if I have a new teacher that right. I don't know? Um, what if my friend moved on when I was absent last week? Mm-hmm. And it's it it sort of boils over. And so recently I asked that child, I said, I'm noticing that you're feeling a lot of worry around not knowing what to expect. Right. Is that true? And she was like, yes. And I was like, I find myself feeling frustrated, not at you or with you, because I totally understand why you feel that way, but at myself, because I don't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like whatever I'm doing isn't actually making you feel better. I've tried a couple of different things and I've told her the things I've tried. And I was like, do you remember when I tried those? And she said, yes. And I said, they didn't seem like they helped. And so I get nervous and upset with myself because I want to help you so much and I don't know how. And she was like, oh. And I was like, how can I help you? (laughs) What do you think would help you in those moments? And then she told me. She was like, well, I don't really like when you do that. I do like this, but maybe when I'm really worried, you could do this instead. And that would help me because I do eventually do it. And I was like, you do. So they will, if they're, and she's going to be eight this year, but a lot of kids can just tell you what helps. Like even the little ones where they're three Mm -hmm. or four, you can say, what do you need right now to feel better? Mm -hmm. Do you want a hug? Do you want me to tell you about monsters, about if they're real or not? Like, what do you need? And just talking to them because every child's different is the beautiful and terrifying part of taking care of kids. Yes. No one right answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, one other aspect of this is let's say you guys have been working on this Mm -hmm. and you can, you can tell that at this point the fear is not an actual fear anymore. Yes. They've noticed that they get a specific response. They get a specific response and they are allowed to get out of bed if they say they're scared or they're allowed to whatever, um, that they're not usually allowed to do. But if they say that they're scared, then they can, (laughs) they, they can elbow the rules a little bit out of bounds. Um, are you asking what I would do? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, personally, so I'm a big fan of, you need to stay in bed if it's bedtime, Mm -hmm. unless you're getting up to use the restroom. But I also insist that all children use the restroom before bed. And they're like, I don't need to go. And I'm like, guess what? There's secret potty in there. (laughs) And if you go and you sit still and you listen, you might hear secret potty coming out, even though you don't think you need to go. And a lot of times children are very excited. They're like, there is secret potty. I'm like, I know it's amazing. Um, fascinating it is it's really interesting um it has to do with how your bladder works but that's that's neither here nor there um but so I'm like especially if it's a repeat offender getting out of bed Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm going to do you want your door cracked or closed Mm -hmm. most of the time children say cracked um and I say okay and we choose the cracked level together from there they stay in bed I'm like tell me when to stop and Mm -hmm. we stop the cracking at the right point. That doesn't, that's not a verb, but I made it one. I like um, it. But I guess cracking is a verb, just mm-hmm. not necessarily not the way, way I used it. Um, and then I will say, if you get out of bed for something that's not an emergency or you like really need help with, if you're hurt or, um, I will close the door to help you remember. I will warn you first, but then I will close the door to help you remember that it's bedtime. And usually they do not want their door closed before they're asleep. So they will stay in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, 
obviously if you say that you must do it when right. they do. Um, I've had it happen once where I was like, I'm so sorry. It seems like you're having a hard time remembering it's bedtime. I'm going to shut the door. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't love it necessarily, yeah. but it works. And I've never had to do it again for the children I've had to do it with. Cause <laughs> right. they're like, Oh, she does shut the door. She means it. Um, also, I would say to uh, talking to the child about it, be like, I'm noticing you are really, you, you say that you're scared. You don't seem scared though when I look at you. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you're, if you're just not ready to go to bed yet, are you excited? Do you want another hug? What is it that you need? Cause usually they're doing something. Children are usually just using <laughs> the only means they can really think of to get their needs met. Right. So if you can ask yourself, what is this child actually wanting and needing why are they getting out of bed? Is it more attention from me? Do they need a back scratch before bed? Do they need like 10 extra hugs? Mm-hmm. Um, that usually goes a long way mm-hmm. in helping a child stay in their room. Sometimes it's just the nightmare of once you've changed from a bed they can't get out of to a bed they can get out of. And that right. is a terrible time for <laughs> everyone. Um, a lot of times too, they... I would go for the sleep training method where mm-hmm. you're, you say to them, you need to get back in bed. And sometimes if you have to pick them up, you can do that. Second time you just say bed mm-hmm. and pick them up and put them back. Or if they'll go back to it, great. And then every time after that, you just silently pick them up and put them back in bed. So they learn that it's not, it's, it's not, not, a way not to meeting get their, yeah. yeah, it's not meeting their needs. And the actual way to do that is through. Like, I want one more hug before you leave my room. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. I have also um, read, and I don't remember where, but of a, a one ticket. Um, oh, like hall pass? So, yeah. So they get one ticket per night oh. that they can use. But once it's used, then they can't use it anymore. Does that include bathroom trips? Um, I do I don't think so. Okay. I think bathroom trips are exempt. I was going to say, as potty training yeah, people, no. I'm like, no, no you no, go no. anytime you need to because no. I don't want to change your sheets. Bathroom trips are exempt. I think that... That's interesting. That's a great idea. Yeah. So they can use it for the... Extra uh, hug. Yeah. Or, I needed one more hug or I need water yes. or, you know, even though... Oh, water. <laughs> you gave them water. Yeah. They drank it all. They drank like, it all. Now you're done though. Now, and now you can't have more because you're going to come out to use the bathroom then (laughs) or potentially with the bed or whatever yeah um but yes and so that is their one ticket yeah yeah um per night so you're honoring the fact that there might be something that comes up that they need um but yes yes once they use it then it's done yes that's a great idea i also think too for when you leave the child's room even if they're not somebody who is um experiencing a lot of fear i always say so one night a week I work late, mm-hmm. um, while the parents work late or go on a date or whatever they choose to do. Um, and I, when I go downstairs, I say, do you need anything else before I go downstairs? Mm-hmm. And the child typically says no. Um, and then I say, okay, I'm going to go downstairs and keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's what I say. Right. And that's like my closing line. Um, and then usually the child's like, okay, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too. Mm-hmm. And, but that's like right on their mind as you leave. So that can also stop a lot of like concerns that they might be having in that moment. Um, I, I love the ticket idea. I think Mm -hmm. that's great. And then I also think, uh, 
especially with older kids, once you've talked about the fact that um, they're potentially able to solve their own problems mm-hmm. um, and that you've given them strategies to try, yes. to encourage them to actually try those strategies yes. and say, you know, I, I'm i here for you, I'm keeping yeah. you safe, but I also want you to work on trying these strategies because yes. we won't know if they work yes. unless you try them. Yeah, I, absolutely. And some of them too are like, if you can come up with a lingo, like one of the children I've worked with before had a lot of anxiety around bedtime just because you're alone with your thoughts at that time, mm-hmm. <laughs> much for the sim- same reasons adults have issues at bedtime going to sleep. Cause if you're anxious about something it's like school or work up. or yes, when your brain is like trying to quiet down, it's like, Hey, what about that thing that was bothering you today? Oh, hey. I'm here to bother you about that. Math homework was kind of hard. But um, yeah. And so something the child and I um, talked about, I was like, well, guess what? I know that the, that is really scary and hard. And it's like, whew, it's hard. your brain really wants you to think about it. But your brain's even stronger than you think it is. And you can change the channel oh, in your brain. That's great. And so I was like, you have a remote control and you can go boop. I'm going to change the channel and I'm going to think about this. Or I used to tell myself stories when I was trying to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I would tell myself these really creative, usually about some something I wanted in right. my life or like wanted to achieve or when I became a teenager, people I wanted to date. And, yeah. you know, all the, it's time to engage your fantasy life yeah, um, in a positive way, not a negative way. So mm-hmm. engaging that imagination. Um, and for a while we would say, she'd be like, I'm nervous about, this child or whoever or the bus and I'd be like can you change the channel in your brain time to change the channel and she'd go okay (laughs) yeah and she'd go and her mom was like oh my gosh if someone had taught me that my life would be totally different if I had thought about changing the channel in my brain yes that works so well yeah um, which actually transitions nicely into our closing story. Yeah. Is there anything else? No. Okay, great. Um, before we transition, <laughs> I, I knew like what she was going to say. <laughs> I like that we've got this lingo down. Um, uh, before we transition into the closing story, I just want to remind everyone that if you are enjoying this podcast, uh, a way to be very helpful to me is to go on <laughs> iTunes and write a review. Mm-hmm. Um, and the written out review is the best way. The five stars, I love them. And please keep them coming. Um, but the the written out review is what will actually like change the algorithm mm-hmm. of iTunes to get us seen by more people. Yeah, great. So, And I think many nannies out there could use many of the episodes. In fact, all of them. Even if you can't personally use all of them, you probably know a nanny friend who needs one yes. that you have heard that didn't apply to your life. Yeah. And so a word of mouth is also a really good way. So if you have a nanny friend that has never heard of this show, uh, I, I would love it if you would suggest <laughs> an episode <laughs> to them uh, to listen to. Maybe if they're going through something that yeah. you think an episode would help them with, uh, suggesting an episode to them would be very, very helpful to me. Yes. And, and I to would, them. <laughs> and I, would, I would appreciate it. <laughs> You'll make my dreams come true, not my <laughs> nightmares. Um, ba-ding. Ba-ding. <laughs> Uh, wonderful. So we are going to end with a story from Brooke Fisher. Thank you so much, Brooke, for sending this in. Um, she said that her daughter, uh, had just turned three. And so she has told, talked to her daughter that monsters are only scary, as scary as she makes them. Mm. And so 
she can understand that they're not real, but something she can create uh, for fun. So that idea of that monsters can also be a fun thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that idea of creating a a pet monster almost yeah, yeah. that you can take to bed. But um, if one is scary, she can switch out that scary part. <sighs> For a fun or funny part. And she said that she started with a felt board Ooh. to talk about this and had different monster parts yeah. and then sw- let her daughter switch them around physically on the board. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I bet you could do that with drawing as well. I bet you could too. Yeah. Um, and I bet there's even a book that you can do that. Yeah. Like, like pictures of monsters and you add goofy stickers to them yeah stickers or um yeah or you draw on top yeah, of them which yeah. would be even more uh like visual. interactive yeah, yeah interactive um and so uh which i love that idea it's like uh the bogger in harry potter yeah of the uh ridiculous and the spell that changes the scary the thing you are most scared of in the world to something funny something ridiculous if yeah. you will <laughs> something ridiculous if you will um like snape dressed up in neville's grandmother's clothing <laughs> which is still one of my favorite scenes ever um but anyway so she uh she ended her story with um she said that one night over the baby monitor she heard her daughter say now you have roller skates on your feet. Out the door! (laughs) (laughs) Which is just so sweet and cute. And what a wonderful way to solve the problem of a monster in your room. I would often put monsters in roller skates. Because they probably have several legs. Does it also work for grown-ups you don't want to interact with um i saw a, a dad at pickup today he picked his child up on roller skates and wow. i was infinitely and then the child also put on roller skates and they That's roller crazy. skated away and that is my nightmare yeah roller skates ice skates i'm like how guys how do you do wow. that you have a skill i will never obtain nope me neither wow but that's crazy. That's such a funny story. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much, Brooke, for sending that in. And thank you, Katie, for being here. Yes. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.